welcome to Real Estate For Real, the podcast where we keep it real about buying, selling, and financing your properties at the realest level, for real. I'm your co-host, the man with the questions, Keith B. Dixon. And now, your host, top producer in the San Francisco Bay Area, and real estate agent, Carrie Naslin Monday. Hey, it's Carrie Naslin Monday. Here in East Bay, California, one of the hottest real estate markets in the nation. And Keith, I am in the top 1% for Northern California. Can you believe it? I can believe it because we work pretty hard over here on the Carry Monday team. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Hustle game all day. Let's go. Yes. Totally. So today i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on on home sellers and uh so renovations that will get them top dollar and how they can uh you know make the most money when they sell their property oh this is gonna be good because um i've been down this wormhole before oh yeah, yeah. and it is that exactly that so um i have a list that's out for 2018 uh six home renovations that return the most at resale, starting with garage door replacement, then moving on to manufactured stone veneer, then entry door replacement, and then deck addition. Keith, can you believe it? This, it just sounds like the common things that, yeah, that people do. Yeah. You want to hear this, Keith? Yeah. This I, is me throwing I, the paper I, on the floor. It's BS. It, yeah. Let me show you. I'm going to show you this chart right here. Tell me which one of these items, which one of these items gives you a hundred percent return or more? Uh, none of them. None of them, Keith. Yeah. You want to know why? Because it doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. So, it, you know, if people tuned in to to get their checklist going of exactly what they need to do to prep for market, you can you can turn it off right now because. Honestly, you're going to be spending money that's going down the toilet. The garage. Hey, Carrie, I'm going to fix the garage door. Uh, clearly, that's exactly what you should be doing. And that one actually does have the highest return on money spent at a 98% return on your money. 98%. That means you lost 2%, two, two Keith. Yes. So here's the real deal. When I go into a house... To take a look and see, you know, what what the seller needs to do to prep for market, I'm looking through the eyes of the buyer. So the seller's waiting for me to tell him, you know, replace this, upgrade this, remodel this. What I'm looking at is just r- repairs, small repairs. That's where you're going to get your money back tenfold. That's interesting. Yeah. Is repairing the small things. So small cracks in in walls, especially in our area, we have um, hundred year old homes, lath and plaster, and plaster cracks are a pretty normal thing. We're we're an earthquake country here. It yep. it happens. Yep. So repairing cracks, uh, painting. These are all repairs, not you know remodels that you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on. Um, the biggest, biggest, biggest bang for your buck is curb appeal. Really? Landscaping. Landscaping, curb appeal, possibly a uh, popular hot color for your front door. 
these are the things that are actually going to keep people's attention when they drive by. So let me let me break down the the normal buyer's experience. They they're online scrolling through whatever search platform they're using, scrolling through late at night, trying to fall asleep, house shopping, and then they see the one, right? So you want to know what it starts with? What's that? Photos. Photos, Keith. I'm going to be biased, yes. How many agents are still taking photos with their iPhone? Brutal. Their clients could have just spent $30,000 prepping the house for market, and they go in there with their cell phone, take unprofessional pictures with no lighting, no nothing, nothing, Keith, and ruin every bit of that money their clients just spent. Unbelievable. You know, I see it so much. Let me, can I digress really quick? I got to digress. (laughs) Now, you guys probably don't know this, new listeners. Um, I've worked as a professional photographer for the last 20 years, shooting properties upwards of 30 million, 36 million on down to, um, you know, the hole in the wall. And I got to tell you, um, the pictures can be bad both ways. But the thing that I'm seeing right now that is disgusting mm. is the pictures that are shot from a corner and they're skewed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Carrie. <laughs> it hurts you. I can tell. <laughs> the pain in your face is real, and you guys can't see it, but it's, I can feel it right over here. Um, so, I mean, that that's the first place. The first place. And it's that exterior shot of the house that is your most important shot because that is the very first impression and you know how that they say you know first impressions are the ones that last so that is the first impression so that same buyer what do you think they do next keith probably look for an agent maybe yeah yeah that's what most people would say wrong you're wrong. I'm sorry. It, what they do? I mean, think about think about today's consumer. They want everything instantaneously. They're super DIY. They're not going to wait around to get a call back from an agent who might be have to pick up their kid from school or do you know? They're busy, yeah, right? I can see that. So they're going to take it upon themselves to either on their way to work the next day or on their way home the next day, they're going to drive by that property. And that's why curb appeal is so important. I mean, photos, sure, you can you can Photoshop photos, you know, get the really dreamy uh, twilight shot with the clouds and the, you know, the lights <laughs> beaming out of the windows all all of that but if the trash cans are still sitting in front and the the lawn is hasn't been mowed for two weeks it's it's not going to look good so curb appeal is where you are going to get the most bang for your buck as far as keeping that love alive so the love started with those photos especially that you know that that first exterior photo that made them click on it to see more um and the love continues when they drive by the property and the curb appeal is there. So now now I'm going to spin your head, Keith. I'm sure you are. What else do you think is even closely as uh, important to curb appeal? 
So we talked about the lawn, the front of the house. Um, I'm going to say the neighborhood, probably. Keith, you are a smart man. Thank you. Yes. So it is. It's the neighborhood. So if the next door neighbor is, you know, let's just say a hoarder mm. or has a paint job that probably should have been repainted 15 years ago and it's peeling and looking crazy, that same person, instead of spending money on some of the aforementioned things, they might want to spend a little money just kind of fixing up the next door neighbor's house. That's powerful. Giving it a little spit shine so it doesn't make their house look worse. I've seen so many investors do this, and it's the smartest thing. It is the smartest thing. So why shouldn't the average seller think like an investor? That's a great point. Yeah. They need to. They need to because they're putting out a product hoping to net the most money. And so the neighborhood, super important. So, of course, if there's a pile of garbage from some tenants that moved out four doors down, you're going to pay to get it hauled away. Because that is only going to cost you more money than it would have cost you to haul the stuff by allowing that to stay because not your problem, right? Uh, Yeah, I would totally agree with you. You know, it's a hard concept for a lot of people to see. Because, you know, we're we're thinking, I'm not going to pay to have somebody else's garbage removed. But in hindsight, we're looking for a return on our investment. And I think... Instead of looking at the front end, that we probably should be focusing more on the back end. Is that yeah. safe to say? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And here's here's the bottom line: you could spend twenty thousand dollars remodeling a kitchen, and if it's not hitting every single person's taste, someone's going to go in there and rip all that money out and redo it again. Mm-hmm. So, yes, of course, if if you've got a you know nineteen seventies Brady Bunch kitchen. Yeah, you might want to do a little something, a little sprucing up. A full remodel might not be where your money's going to be returned. Maybe paint the cabinets, maybe replace a countertop instead of, you know, the tile um, or the orange, you know, formica. Uh, That could give you a return on the money. But the full kitchen remodel, you you just want want to get it to the point that all the people are going to say, oh, yeah, this is this is good. This is good. And then they if it's not 100% to their taste, they still have room to make it their own and so, do the remodel. So what about could that could that create a situation that could possibly be used to leverage against us? You think in, in the sale of the property, let's say I don't do any updates and I just do the minor fixes. Mm-hmm. Someone could come in and possibly say, well, this kitchen is 20 years outdated. Oh, right. my God. You know, yeah. can you hold back some money, you know, so that I can pay for this to bring it up to date? I think it really depends on the neighborhoods and the areas that you're talking in. If every single house that hits the market has an updated kitchen, then, of course, the, the one that is outdated is going to... Uh, look terrible but you have to think about how much money is it going to cost to to bring it to a level that you're you're right there with your competition and will you end up netting that much money or more ideally you want to double your money every dollar that you spend prepping for market you want to make sure that you double down as far as your return on the other side you you want to make for every dollar, you want to make two dollars. 
So give me some uh, some examples. Uh, matter of fact, give me some great arguments that you've come across. To the when I say great, Carrie, it's literally like you know what that's ridiculous, but that is a great argument. But let me counter with this. Have you ever ran into a situation like that with a, a home seller? Well, I mean, sellers all have their own ideas of what they think should happen in the property, especially they've been living in them. They know exactly the. Th- their own triggers and their own things that drive them crazy, it actually usually isn't what the buyer sees because the buyer's not living in the house. So a seller might say, oh, you know, we got to add a second sink to this bathroom because my, you know, my two kids fight constantly when it comes to, you know, morning routine, getting ready. The buyer doesn't think that far ahead. The buyer doesn't see all all of that so it might not be the most cost-effective thing to so there's just one example of a seller having one idea um, thinking that it's going to add a ton of value when in reality the you know the money should be spent on the photos the staging which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second the um, making everything look fresh even if uh, even if that's as little as cleaning professionally cleaning not not regular you know diy cleaning professionally cleaning deep cleaning um in addition to windows one thing that surprises me that not everyone does is take the screens off the windows clean the Mm. windows pull all the window coverings back or down in order to bring as much light as possible into the house. So many times do I see dirty screens on windows. That's such an easy, inexpensive thing to do, which brings a whole new feel to the home. A lot of times, I mean, you being a photographer, you've, you've seen you've seen before yeah. and afters. You know what light does emotionally for people it yep. makes them feel warm it makes them feel alive um that it just changes the in the entire you know way that they they perceive the property so carrie let's roll a brug back a little bit and share a little bit about you you're an artist and, yeah. and used to paint and you, do you still paint no, I don't much. have time anymore. But okay. yeah, I right? I used to. So you're an artist and and your husband isn't isn't well, he's an artist as well. He's a digital artist. Digital yeah. artist, right? Um you understand art and placement and light. You understand that completely different than a real estate agent who doesn't. Sure. Do you do you think that's more an advantage when it comes to photos and the way a property should look? Yes, but I I don't think that if if an agent doesn't have that in their <laughs> in their soul, I don't think that makes them a bad agent. They just need to surround themselves with other artists. Um, so make sure the photographer that you're hiring, you know, isn't just a point and click and has, you know, as there's some photographers out there that call themselves photographers because they have really expensive equipment. So that makes them a photographer, right, Keith? Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. No. It, no it, it's, it's true. When it comes down to it, you could have the crappiest camera, and if you are genuinely talented, each one of those shots are going to be gold. So I think having, you know, surrounding yourself with other artists who see through through the lens or the eye of, um, you know, what 
what is going to create the best result as far as a picture or a story because that's what we're really doing is we're painting a picture we're painting a story um, and that's what we're presenting to the prospective buyers is uh, is a magazine layout essentially of what their life should look like or what they wish their their life look at looks like Mm -hmm. and that's where we get to staging i mean staging nobody lives like that right all the all the furniture's tiny it's set out in ways that may not be conducive to real life living but showcases the rooms in the best way as far as people being able to travel through the rooms without having to go around a table and, and stuff like that yeah, so I never thought about it like that oh man stagers again those are those are another set of artists who understand way more than just what the latest trends and fashions are they understand to walk through a room and stand in each corner and take in you know and and see where the pain points are and be able to creatively place furniture and artwork in order to distract or um or even fix whatever might be not the best layout for a house or a a room that has an odd shape to it Um, and that's that's where, again, paying a professional to come in and and do these things, one hundred percent, you get all your money back and some. So much so that I make it for my clients. I don't even make it an option for them to stage or not. I pay for it because I think it's that important wow. in achieving their goals. Wow. Yeah. In, in, fortunately, in your office, the quality of because uh, I, I want to go back to the photos. And, and again, this is my bias. And, sure. and, you know, I get to ask you these questions because, you know, we're always busy. So we don't really get to drill down very specifics. It's assumed we've worked together for a long time. So a lot of things are assumed. I kind of know I, I know what you're looking for and I know how you think about things. But um, in your in your office, the, the quality of photos are, that are up there are good. Uh, in terms of the processing, but in terms of the the photos being skewed, I'm going to say they're failing. Mm-hmm. Why is that acceptable to agents? I don't know. Someone somewhere started the trend of doing the the weird corner shots that have the um, the sloping floor, yeah, or the, the, the converging lines, yeah. exactly. And so then other people who aren't as experienced or don't have, um, you know, the talent just copy that. And so somehow it became a trend in our area. I'm not sure about other areas, but because buyers are used to seeing it or have gotten used to seeing it that way, then other people, I mean, humans are lemmings. They, they do what everyone else does. And that's actually why I love your photography, Keith, because you don't do that. And that actually makes the photo stand out from the rest. So when people are doing the scroll, you know, on, on their search platforms, it's like same house, same layout, same thing, same photo, same, whatever. Ooh, this is different. Yeah. And they stop the scroll. And that's the, I mean, that's the major goal in, in 
everything in marketing is you want to stop the scroll you want to get the attention um and so that's that's actually why i love that you're you're doing it right um and why other folks need to align themselves with people who stand out you know you know just thinking i haven't bought a home in a long time um but you know i'm thinking about the psychology here it's really powerful oh it's huge it's huge it's as important as where you place your ads Hmm. is speaking to the subconscious of of your audience your buyers um and so you you really need to make sure that you know they fall in love with the photos they drive by the love continues they go inside and the entryway is you know, warm and inviting. Um, and then you, typically the next most important part of the house is the kitchen. Yeah. That's where the heart is. Um, regardless if people actually use it or not, everyone has fond memories of the kitchen in their life. Their parents or their grandparents, somehow, somewhere, everything always comes from the kitchen. People, I mean, that's how people bond. They come together over food and the food is made in the kitchen. And so it all kind of starts there. So I would say the next next most important place to put money, if any money is going to be put, is, is the kitchen over anything but then you start down the slippery slope if you do the kitchen and the baths are still looking like they're stuck in the 60s then if they're not jiving together then you have to start thinking about do you know the buyer comes in and sees that as a project to get the bathrooms to match the level of the kitchen unless the kitchen was done in a in a manner or a flavor that kind of complements what's going on in the bathroom so is there a threshold that we can use to to determine where we need to start or what we need to renovate for instance am i looking at the amount of time it's going to take because we don't look at time when we do renovations um oh i'm going to hire somebody to come in it's going to mm-hmm. cost me a uh, i'm going to say hundred thousand dollars use a round sure. number it's going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars here's here's the other part got a qualified contractor to do it mm-hmm. and but mm-hmm. we rarely think of the amount of time it takes to manage that situation in terms of the inconvenience it's going to cause in our life. Right. And then whether or not we have to live in that situation while it's being produced. It, what's the threshold for that? What's the threshold for making the decision to move forward in that that quandary? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a loaded question, Keith. It's really hard because everyone has their own set situation you know some people some people don't have the opportunity to be able to remove themselves from a property while they're prepping for market some people have to actually live in the property while it's being sold and because of that um, your the to-do items list needs to go down because there's humans involved there's there's time there's stress there's you know there's people there if the house is empty then um, then it's a whole different set of uh, things that you consider when you're trying to figure out the hierarchy of, of what you want to spend. So typically when I go to my clients, I, I find out whether, you know, what their plan is, if they plan to be there during the marketing and sale of their home. Um, and if 
not what their budget is. And then I, from being in so many properties and also working with so many investors, then go through the property um, with the eyes of a buyer, write down all the things that would bug a, a typical buyer. And then um, I go back to my sellers and, and give a, a strategy list in order of importance of the things that they should take care of. And then I put I add on another layer of a list of, you know, if you want to spend a lot of money prepping your house for market, here's here's the items that you can do. But um, I'll put them in order of what I think you will get the the best return on so if there's a garage that's falling down like a detached garage that's falling down then that would be an additional item that um, you know either take it down or rebuild it and it just depends on the budget how do you and, and here's the benefit let me state the benefit the obvious benefit if I hire you as my agent and you come onto my property instead of me trying to say hey this is what I think looks good I can rely on your experience because it's really outside of me mm-hmm. you're you're looking at it from what would agitate a buyer what would stimulate a buyer mm-hmm. you're lit- when you when I hire you you're literally going to walk through if I'm understanding this and you're going to say um, you know what if this is your goal based on what we talked about this is what you should fix Yep. How do you get people to believe that? I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, if they're doing their due diligence in the beginning and, and vetting who they want to work with, um, taking a look on social media, seeing uh, seeing reviews, uh, possibly talking to a past client if they you know know mm. someone up the streets. Because you, you got 100 Yelp reviews. Oh, I got 104 now. <laughs> 104 Yelp reviews. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that the trust sometimes comes before I even meet them. Um, but also just in the way that I, you know, sit and come be with my clients where they're at. I think a lot of times trust is gained when I tell them not to spend the money. Because who's, you know, who's going to tell you not to spend money? Of course, it would make my job easier to have a picture perfect uh, property to to sell. But if they're going to lose money spending the time and money and stress getting there, then that's not their best option. And I'll tell them that. And then if they decide to do it anyways, I'm going to support them 100 percent. But I think um, I think gaining trust just is is an organic thing that you do by telling the truth and, you know, doing the right thing. That's hot. I like that. Yeah. Wow. So, Carrie, we covered a lot of information. And you know what? I really feel, when I think about value, when I think about the give back, when I think about the reason why we're sitting here um, and our work is piling up, um, this makes it totally worth it for me. If you had to just reiterate all the fine points of this what would it be what mm-hmm. would those fine points be right uh, uh find a professional not not your cousin who got their license and it's their side hustle find a professional that does does this all the time who surrounds themselves with professionals and uh put together a strategy which starts with how you're going to be perceived online how you're going to be perceived from the dr- drive-by and how your home feels when someone walks in. Wow. I like that. 
yeah. the drive the drive by. Yes. <laughs> the drive by. I didn't I didn't realize it was so emotional, but I guess when you think about it, it really is. You know, there's a lot of components, you know, to to purchasing a home. I mean, we haven't even talked about the the finances yet in terms of just you know what that looks like going into it Mm -hmm. I mean oh my god yeah so (laughs) thanks for hanging out Keith and thanks to all the listeners for hanging out Uh, make sure that you like the podcast follow the podcast a download if this is a you know if if you think that um, this episode will serve you uh, listening to it over and over again and uh, you can find me and all my social media below uh, if anyone has any suggestions on topics that they want to cover comments are great and uh, we will just see you next time What's wrong with us when we are through? We should still have fun, though we say we're done. Cause I just wanna get done with you. You, you, you. Yeah, last time I can call you mine. What's wrong with us when we are